0: Bokr Tov, we're continuing Sefer Shofetim. Yesterday, uh, Gidon, after being turned down, he and his men, from getting food, from our provisions, from the people of Sukkot and Pinuel, on the way as they were exiting Eretz Israel, in order to capture the two uh, princes of, of, uh, of Midian, they got turned down, so he tells them, when I come back, after capturing these two men, their names are Zebach and Salmuna, after capturing them, I will A. uh, smash you with thorns and B. I will break down your fortress. And then as he promised, so he did. He goes to Sukkot and he strikes the elders. He hits them with thorn uh, things. I guess he whipped them with thorns or something. I don't know what he did. And then in in the 17th pasuk, he uh, destroyed the fortress or the stronghold of Pinuel, which makes sense because as we said, the reason they had the brazenness to say we don't need your help, Gidon, because they felt secure. So he's like, okay, you feel secure enough that you don't feel like you need my help. Well, now you won't feel secure because I'm going to break your stronghold. So he did that to them. Pasuk eighteen. Now uh, that that topic is over. Now Gidon turns to these men, these two princes of Midian. They're still alive. He captures them alive, and he turns to them. And apparently, when Zebach and Salmuna were either running away to the eastern side of the Jordan River or if they had been there from before, there were some people that they had captured. And Gidon, and we didn't hear about those people that were captured, but Gidon, you just have to assume that, that, that this is a part of the story that happened, that they had captured some people and now Gidon is going to, ha- is going to, discuss, is going to ask them, what did they do with those Jewish people who they captured? Or who they killed. So he says Zebach and Salmona, He said, where are those people that you captured and killed in Tavor? And they said, to be honest, we killed them, and they, they looked like you, so they looked. Uh, the same, they were, you were like the, the face of the king. Meaning, they go to Gideon and say, and he says, you killed, you killed some of our people. And they said, Yes. And to be honest, they kind of look like you, Gidon. Oh, so you mean like they're threatening Gidon? No. no. And then, Pasuk Yotet, Benei Gidon says, That's because they were my brothers, sons of my mother. Meaning, the second they said they looked like you, Gidon said, Yeah, I know, you must have killed my brothers, because my brothers live there, and they look like me. So if they said they look like you, then, then he, they must be referring to my brothers whom you killed. So he says, "You killed my brothers." If you would have kept my brothers alive, I would not have killed you. But now that you killed my brothers, your death is near. So he says to his son Yeter, he says to him, Go and kill these men." But he did not remove his sword to kill the men, for he was scared because he was still too young. What does that mean? He was too young to He's like a he s- he he He's an 11 year old kid. You can't, the 11 year old kid is not going to have, a, he's not going to be confident enough to put men to death. So he was too scared to do it. So Zebach and Salmona go to Gidon. They say, You should strike us. Because. Like a man who has full strength So Gidon gets up And he strikes zebach and Salmonah And he takes like the, the chain necklaces That were on the camels So what's going on in this whole piece? What's, what's, what's interesting about it? So the discussion we've been having so far About analyzing Gidon and his character Surrounded the discussion of To what extent is Gidon a king? So on the one hand we know from the battle that he only gathered a small portion of Israel. So if he gathered a small portion of Israel, that means he's not really much of a king. On the flip side, on the flip side, he when he sees that some Jews in Sukkot and Pinuel are rebelling against him or are not giving him provisions, he sees that as a rebelliousness that's deserving of punishment, the kind of rebelliousness that would you would owe to that would cause deserve punishment if it was done to a king. Whenever he asks these people Zebach and Salmuna, he says, what happened to those people that you killed? What did they look like? They said, they looked like you. They had the face of the sons of kings. So Zebach and Salmuna, they're calling Gidon. They seem to be hinting that he is like a king. And then, lastly, when Gidon wants to put these men to death, he gives the sword to his son Or he asks his son to pull out his sword and kill them Why is that a kingly... That is almost like he's preparing his son for leadership I'm preparing myself because monarchies pass uh, hereditarily yeah. So he sees some hereditary requirement of preparing his son for, for the role of leadership So that's another thing that seems to be him acting like a king So on the one hand, we know Gidon is not a king On the other hand, he's acting like a king so we're going to basically conclude, I'm going to give you the answer now, that Gidon, and this is what I read in Rabbi Maruf's commentary on the, on the Navi. it seems like Gidon has all of the trappings of kingship without kingship itself. In a way, he's like a, um, he's more like, he's not a politician as much as like a superstar in Hollywood, where he gets all of the honor and the respect of being a king, but, and he takes all of that kavod, but, He's not actually the a king He doesn't take the responsibility So he wants all of the trappings of kingship But he doesn't want to take the throne Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know But that seems to be what's going on in the story Now look at this So the people of Israel On this topic They turn to Gideon and They say You should rule over us You Your son And the son of your son For you have saved us From the hand of Midian So the Jews turn to him and say, Be our king. (inaudible) Gidon says, I'm not going to rule over you. (inaudible) And my son will not rule over you. (inaudible) God is your ruler. So Gidon, maybe for religious reasons, turns down the request to become king. He says, no, we don't have kings in Israel. We have God. God is our king. God will rule over you. (inaudible) Then Gidon asks of the people, Though I will not be your king, I do ask one favor. I'm asking you a favor. And each person should give me the nose ring that he took from the spoils. Because the Midianites are a sect of of, uh, Yishmaelim and Yishmaelim all wear nose rings. So when they killed them, when they beat them in battle, all the Jews had a lot of nose rings amongst their spoils. And they said, for sure, we will give. And then they opened up a. You know how they do it at Brimila sometimes, and they want to give money to like the. They they open up like a talit, and then everybody like dumps money into it. Yeah. You ever seen that? So they did the same thing. So they opened up a like a like a, a cloth, and everybody threw their nose rings into it. That he got from the spoils. The weight of the nose rings that he requested was. 1,700 gold pieces. Levad minasaharonim. besides for those golden necklaces that he took from the camels. and this is another type of jewelry. Uvigdeha argaman, and the scarlet clothing. No, scarlet, it's not scarlet, it's argaman uh, is purple. Right? Um, the, the purple wool, right? How do they translate, vigdeha argaman? 26. Purple wool. Purple wool. Shal Ulvad mina anakota shibbet malim. And besides for other necklaces that were on the necks of the camels. So Gidon amasses a lot of wealth here. And he he, he collects this tax from the people of the nose rings, besides for all the other nice vestiges they got from battle. This could be another thing like Gidon is turning down the kingship, but then he's asking for a lot of money. Or that, or he, there, he, didn't he's, he didn't ask for oh himself Right, he's not asking for himself Well, look what he does Look what he does, look what he does. <inaudible> Gidon took the gold pieces And he made it into a golden Like a golden uh, garment <inaudible> And he put this golden garment It's like, I guess you could call it Like a, a statue of gold that, in, the, in the form of a garment And he put that gold shrine We'll call it in his city, which is in Ufra, which is in Minasheh, by Sham and all the Jewish people, they were they were seduced into from from that golden statue, And they started worshipping that statue and it was a stumbling block for Gidon and for his family. Why did he do that? I know it's crazy. It's it's like a he crazy did, sign end of, it of, a, for of a God like this should be a sign of the miracle and so it last time against him. correct last time you could see like this when did when, what does the story remind you of the, the give me a golden ring the altar the huge yeah, thing for golden calf the golden calf it reminds me of the golden calf you're talking about the story of Ruben god and our ship. yeah they made something as a sign for listen god is still with correct, us and it correct. turned horribly wrong uh, yeah but we didn't we didn't come across that yet i don't think we we're going to see it i think it happens like Divray, i mean but but um But the the real thing that this resembles is the golden calf. Even they asked for the same even Uh, piece, the nose ring. The nose ring Aaron also asked for. So he's asking for that nose ring. Gidon's asking for the nose rings and it turns into people start worshipping this. Gidon turns it into an ephod, a golden uh, uh, piece of clothing, tunic. He puts it in the city and people start worshipping it. Aaron turns it into a calf and people start worshipping it. How do you worship him? So what's the idea? So why did Aaron do that? So they did it when there was a void in the leadership. When they felt that Moshe was not coming down They said we need another means of connecting to God But the problem is when you take the means of connecting to God you, you make it a statue that is going to be your connection to God It causes problems Gidon did the same thing I won't be your king But we should do something to commemorate the victory And to celebrate God's salvation Let's make a statue Same thing that Aaron did I, There's a void in the leadership But at least let's have a means of connecting to God Or thanking God and he makes it, and people stumble. So, another thing, problem. Another thing is that he puts it in his own city. He puts this. Really he put this golden uh, uh, tunic. Afraid, he put it in his own city. They could put it in Shiloh. He, put it in a city well, it, he did the conquering. He's, it was supposed to I, be I know, go. but it's also it's it's it also seems like Yidon is t- he the same? He's taking the pride of the of he's taking the grandeur of being king without actually just without assuming the kingship. There, it's, it's a bit nuanced the way he's behaving. On the one hand, he behaves like he's a king. He punishes dissent like he's a king. But when they tell him, Be our king, he says, No, God is your king. And I act like it. You know, so Gidon is a bit of a tricky character. I can't really put a finger on it. But, but those are elements that you could see in him. Midian, they were humbled from the children of Israel. This is the twentieth pasuk, and they no longer raised their head against Israel. The land was quiet for forty years in the days of Gid'on. Let's just finish this last piece. <laughs> which is Gid'on, it's the second, it's his other name. When did he get that name, by the way? The name of Yerubal. Uh, when he broke the tree. When himself. he broke the tree in the altar of Baal, and they said, "Hey, Baal will fight against him." And he, he, apparently, Baal never fought against him. <laughs> the son of Yoash went and he went back home. He dwelt in his house. Gidon had 70 children, who were his descendants. Because he had many wives. Another thing that a king would do, having many wives, is a a thing that's for nobility. Right? So, that's another interesting facet of Gidon's character. He even had a concubine and shechem she also had from him a child, this and Shechem, and he put his name as Avimelech. What does is, is me. is Avimelech mean? My, My dad is king. So Gidon names his son Avimelech. Avi My father was king. So is Gidon a king or not? Hard no. to say. Hard to politician. say. He's more like politician a. politician that wasn't elected that has a voice. Ah, uh, something like that. No. Like a Hollywood. Su- he's like a Hollywood superstar that claims that wants to get involved in politics, you know? Yeah. Something like that. Le-Abdil, obviously. I wouldn't... Wouldn't, wouldn't compare the, the Shmutz in Ali with uh, Gidon. I'm just saying it, it's a similar uh, position they take. <inaudible> Gidon, the son of Yoash, died in his old age. <inaudible> he, he was buried in, the, in the, the burial of his father Yoash. <inaudible> in Ofra, the, uh, the place, the city of the family of the Ezri. So, Bezer uh, HaShem tomorrow, uh, Monday, we'll continue with the story of Gidon's family, because it's not over yet. I said it's a very long story. Gidon's family continues. Even after his death, the intrigue within the house of Gidon is not over. It's going to be a really, really interesting story. is coming up. Sad, but interesting. Amen,